Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two, welcome back. Five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, it's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. In about 20 minutes or thereabouts, Nick Oson, he covers Iowa State for 24-7 Sports. TJ Otzelberger's press conference will be over by then. We'll get the latest from Nick Oson. But right now, in his normal spot here on a Monday to recap just a wild, wild weekend in college basketball from the field of 68, Rob Doster. Doster, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Rob. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? Well, so much to talk about. I mean, you know, starting the Big Ten, did Goodman change your mind when he was politicking for Wisconsin to grab one of those one seeds? Did you ultimately come around to his way of thinking? Well, here's the thing. He's not wrong. It wasn't like I needed to be convinced that he was right. My issue with Goodman is, is the way that he views the uh, the metrics. He, he, he doesn't understand what Ken Palm is trying to tell you, uh, which is part of why uh, Wisconsin and Providence are both ranked where they are. But, yes, I absolutely do think that uh, Wisconsin should be in the conversation for a number one seed. Does that mean that they should get it? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be played out. But if we're talking about at this very moment, Wisconsin has 15 quad one and quad two wins. There aren't very many teams uh-huh. in the country that have anywhere near that. They've won at Michigan State. They've won at Purdue. They've won at Indiana. They've won at Rutgers. They beat a full strength Houston at a neutral court, and they beat a they beat St. Mary's on a neutral court. Uh, they beat Marquette at home. This is a very, very, very good basketball team with a ridiculous resume. And yes, I absolutely do think that they should be in the conversation for a number one seed at this point. So, if you're going to put them in, who are you going to take out? I mean, if we're going strictly based off resumes, Arizona is the one that probably mm-hmm. looks the weakest at this point. Um, you know, they've beaten, they have the win at Illinois, which is really, really good. Uh, they beat UCLA at home, which is, you know, fine. We can have a discussion about how good UCLA is. They beat Michigan, which is okay. They beat Wyoming, all right, that's pretty good. Um, they beat uh, Wichita State, which, like, whatever. Uh, they just, there is not a lot of meat on the bone for the uh, the Arizona resume. The reason why they're getting put where they're put right now is because they've amassed a lot of wins against teams that are not necessarily that great, and they've done it in such a fashion that it's allowed them to uh, to really look strong in Ken Palm's algorithm and the Nets' algorithm. So uh, I think Arizona would probably be the team that ended up dropping off of that one line, especially if they lose to USC and Wisconsin beats Purdue. Um, all that said, can you imagine Imagine if our West region had Gonzaga with Mark View, 
and Tommy Lloyd with the Arizona oh. the final. Four. <laughs> yeah, that right there. Look, I'm rooting for that to happen. Yeah, I, I, I root for storylines, man. Like let's let's get that going. Uh, a good, that's a great point. That'd be a, incredible. Doster, uh, one more in the Big Ten. Good teams. Wisconsin, good team. Johnny Davis, he can certainly win four games. Purdue, he, the offense, they can click on all cylinders and get there. Illinois is talented. We know that. But is there a national championship team or is it just another year where plenty of good teams, nobody good enough, though, to ultimately win it all? Um, I, I do think that they're... Look, the, the the top of the conference is not quite as elite as we thought it would be. I, I would make the argument right now that the top of the SEC is the single strongest conference uh, in, in all of college basketball. You look at those top four teams, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, all of those four teams can make it to a Final Four. I don't know how many teams at the top of the Big Ten can make it to the Final Four. Like, look, I love what Wisconsin has done. I think they have a great resume. But they're also like Johnny Davis and a bunch of guys, right? It's true. Uh, you look at Purdue, they they can't guard anybody and they don't have any point guard play. Um, I, I don't I don't know if uh, I can necessarily trust a team that can't guard anybody and doesn't have any point guard play in March. Um, Illinois, as much as I love them and as well-built as I think that they are, I cannot shake the thought of another mid-major coming in with a Cameron <laughs> Crutwood type and yeah. just exposing Kofi Coburn. Ohio State, I want to buy into them, but you can't go to Maryland and lose. No. To buy them the Final Four team. Iowa can't guard anybody. Still, they haven't figured out how to guard Better. Still. So, it's, I, don't, I don't think that I will have a yeah. Big Ten team in my Final Four. I, I don't think down. it's crazy. I, I, I really don't. See, I kind of, Rob, if Trent would ask me that, I might have, I might have um, Illinois maybe? I mean, Fraser, when he's going the way he's going, that's a, that's a that's a sneaky team. Not sneaky. This is a team maybe Illinois, Rob? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to pick somebody, and you're going to, like, if you're going to force me to pick somebody, it's going to be Illinois out of that conference. I just, I, I like I said, I don't trust Purdue. Uh, and Wisconsin, to me, Wisconsin and Arkansas are in the same conversation, right, where they are good teams mm-hmm. that have had a couple of really impressive runs this season that are going to go as far as Johnny Davis and J.D. Notay take them, right? For with Wisconsin, you are one. Like, if they end up going up against a team that has one guy that can shut off Johnny Davis' water, then they, they can get picked off in the first round. You know, so if they end up as a one seed, imagine this. If they end up as a one seed and Providence ends up as a two seed and they end up in the same region and you are the three seed in that region, how happy are you? Mm-hmm. You're ecstatic. Right. <laughs> Makes it very good. You mentioned Iowa. Your perspective on this team. You lose the National Player of the Year in Luka Garza. Wieskamp's off to the NBA. You lose Frederick to Kentucky as he transfers Nunji to Xavier. And yet, here they are back to be an NCAA tournament team. Are they going to make a deep run? Eh, probably not. But the job that you see out of Fran McCaffrey, and if it's not Greg Gard winning Conference Coach of the Year, how high is McCaffrey on your list in the Big Ten? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I'd have him necessarily in the conversation for Coach of the Year at this point, uh, but I do think he's done a terrific job. Uh, I, 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 mean, I don't trust teams that can't guard. I'm, I'm putting something together right now. I'm looking at all of the teams that were ranked in the top five in offensive efficiency and outside the top 75 the just defensive efficiency on Ken Palm over the last 20 years and seeing how far they went. It's happened 17 times for teams that were top four seeds, right? Only one of them made it to a Final Four. Uh, there's, it's happened 26 times 
in the last 19 seasons in college basketball. Iowa fits that criteria, and only one team out of that group has made the Final Four. Only two teams out of that group, I'm sorry, only three teams out of that group have reached the Elite Eight. So it's the, the history of teams that are great offensively, that are not very good defensively, making deep runs into the tournament is not something that's all that positive. And, you know, Ohio State last year, number two seed, fourth in offensive efficiency, 76th in defensive efficiency. They lose in the first round to Old Roberts. So it's not – it's a concern if you're Iowa. Great to Jeff Keegan Murray. It's great that you can pick up 100 points just about anybody. But uh, there are very real questions about what the whether or not Rob, we're having trouble with your phone here. Um, let's try this one more time. So, uh, of all the upsets, or all the all the, the uh, highly ranked teams that got knocked off, I'm not sure they were all upsets. They weren't. Um, Whatever age. That was weird. You there, Rob? I think we lost him. I think he lost him. But whose voice was that? I have no idea. I have no idea. That was. We'll weird. try him back. Yeah, let's let's try him back because I, I do. I'm gonna pick his brain. All the uh, all the teams that got beat. Mild upsets, some out. I mean, I didn't see TCU coming uh, beating uh, Texas Tech. That to me was as surprising as anything. Baylor going down. Michigan State was a desperate basketball team when they took on uh, Purdue uh, first thing in the morning. <laughs> you know, there was a time about one o'clock in the uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. You thought maybe that uh, Purdue Michigan State was going to be the craziest out, uh, upset uh, or outcome of the day. Boy, it just was one after another. Let's let's get Rob Doster back in here. That was really strange at the end there, Rob. Some other voice popped into your phone line. So, so what I wanted to ask you, Rob, is is all the teams that the highly ranked teams that got beat this weekend. It was there one that uh, raises a red flag more to you that yep, it was just a matter of time that this team was going to have this happen to them, or were they all you know what you can you can understand this, draw a line with it, and let's move forward. Any of the highly ranked teams going down uh, really exposed some issues in your mind. Uh, I mean Purdue, but we've been talking the issues with Purdue for for weeks, weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks. Yeah. Point right, yeah. So I like I, I don't think it necessarily exposed anything. They had 17 turnovers. They shot one for nine from three, and they're not good enough defensively to be able to survive that with the way that they want to play. Um, I think in Zaga, we now have something of a blueprint for how you can beat them. Right, Gonzaga is one of the best teams in the country when it comes to two-point field goal percentage and defensive uh, two-point field goal percentage. Same thing with effective field goal percentage and defensive effective field goal percentage. Essentially what that means is Gonzaga is great at making sure that they get a lot of layups and that you don't get a lot of easy shots to the basket. Right? That's what they do best. And St. Mary's outscored them in the paint 40-28. to 28. Drew Timmy shot uh, two for ten from the floor. Uh, Chet Holmgren was three for seven from the floor. Combined, they were five for 16 from two-point range. What St. Mary's did was they took away all of Gonzaga's interior touches. What they did was they kept the Zags out of transition, which they are are elite at, uh, and they were able to force them to have to make their guards play one-on-one to beat them. Now, look, St. Mary's is incredibly well-coached, right? They needed this win to ensure that they weren't going to end up uh, having a sweat-out selection Sunday, right? They were playing at home. It was a rivalry game. Gonzaga literally had nothing to play for in this matchup, so I get all of that. But if you look at the way that a team like a Tarleton State played Gonzaga, if you don't have the same kind of talent and you don't have the same kind of athleticism and you can't do what Duke did or do what Alabama did to win those games, we now have a formula for what it takes to be able to slow down Gonzaga and give yourself a chance. St. Mary's is very, 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 very good. That is why they won. But 
you can see from their game plan, you can study it, and if you can kind of replicate what they did, you're going to be able to have a chance to knock off Gonzaga. So to me, that was the biggest takeaway from the weekend is uh, is that this Gonzaga team, which, by the way, like if, you, if, if you're a big Kempom guy like I am and you look at their efficiency margins, right, right now the difference between Gonzaga and number two Kentucky is the same as the distance between Kentucky and number 13 Purdue. That's how big of a gap there is between Kentucky and the field right now, according to Ken Pump. Now, again, a lot of that is because they're just blowing teams out when you put up these big efficiency or these big scoring margins. It really does help you within these metrics. All that said, I think that we did see a formula to being able to slow down. I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to replicate it, but at least you have a game plan going in. They don't have a lot of depth either. Outside of Watson out the bench, they they don't play a lot of guys. Is that concerning? Or you get a day off in between the round of 64 and 32, same Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, and of course the Final Four. Does the depth concern you at all with the Zags? Yes and no. Um, Mark Few has never really played all that much of a bench. And like the two guys, they played eight guys at St. Mary's. Two of them played five minutes. They were both guards. And both of them were McDonald's All-Americans and top 20 prospects, right? Like, no one Hickman's going to end up being a guy that is a first-round pick next year. Hunter Salas is going to end up being a guy that's a first-round pick whenever he gets all of the minutes that he needs to be able to get. Talent is not the issue. It's that I think Mark Few trusts his veterans a little bit more in the situation that they were put in. Um, So I'm not super concerned about Gonzaga's depth. I'm more concerned about what happens when you got big physical dudes going up against 160-pound Chet Holmgren. That, to me, is the bigger concern. Hmm. Let me go back to a question Trent asked. I'll change it a little bit when he asked you about a Big Ten team in the Final Four. What about a Big 12? Kansas, Baylor, are they built for a Final Four run? Um, I, You know, if, if Baylor still had Jonathan Chan with Chachua and you can mm-hmm. guarantee me that L.J. Cryer was going to be healthy in the NCAA tournament, yes, 100%. Um, I would, I would I would say that Baylor, in that case, would end up being uh, right there with Gonzaga as the best team in college basketball again. Um, L.J. Cryer's not there. Jonathan Shamwachacho is not coming back. Um, they basically play six guys. The seventh man in their rotation right now is a Division II transfer. They don't have a big guy coming off of the bench right now. Uh, they are playing Jeremy Sohan at the five, which is not something that they ever did prior to this. Um, so I, I am I'm concerned about Baylor. Right, I, this was a great one they they got in beating Kansas. I'm concerned about Baylor. Um, I'm worried about Texas Tech because they don't have great point guard play. Right, we saw it at the end of the Texas Tech game. They didn't have someone to go to in a critical possession. We saw it down the stretch against Texas. The Texas threw on a press, uh, and Texas Tech coughed up a nine zero run in like the final two minutes to make what should have been a blowout a close game. So as weird as it sounds. I do think that Kansas is a team that I trust the most, mm-hmm. despite the fact that David McCormick has not been consistent, despite the fact that Jalen Wilson has been up and down, Remy despite Martin. the fact that they're trying to get Remy Martin worked back in because mm-hmm. DeWan Harris is not a guy that's going to be a threat offensively. And um, honestly, though, if Remy can buy into being a 15 to 20 minute a game guy off the bench, change of pace guy, someone that just comes in and gives you instant offense, especially with how Bill is trying to play faster now. I don't think that that's the worst thing in the world. And uh, at the end of the day, if you're telling me I get to pick the team with maybe the two best players in that conference in Oshai Abaji and Christian Brown, I, it, it just makes sense. 
And Jalen Wilson too. He couldn't. Yes. I mean, he couldn't make a shot. And you're right about Harris. He didn't make a shot in that game. Anyways, UConn is a team, Rob, that I have identified here a couple weeks back. Got excited about him. I know your connection to the Huskies. Obviously, growing up a UConn fan. Give me a dark horse that you like, and you can talk about UConn if you want here and fill people in as I've been trying to here the last few weeks. But who's a dark horse? A team off the radar you're really liking to make a deep run? Does Does Arkansas? Still count? Can I say that? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Musselman's got him turned around again. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, they they are the best defensive team in the SEC uh, since they had their Christmas break. Right since uh, since January eighth, they've won thirteen of their last fourteen. They started playing Jalen Williams uh, all of the minutes to five, which has allowed them to be um, more positionless defensively and more difficult to guard on the offensive end of the floor because he could step out and pull big guys away from the basket and. Uh, you know, given that he is like 6'10", 245, and given how many elite teams in college basketball right now have big dudes, right? Like, he is kind of like the matchup difference maker. We saw it down the stretch against Kentucky. Oscar Sheway was, was whooping him for the whole game, right? But in the last six minutes, Jalen Williams' ability to pull Sheway away from the basket and make him guard in space is what allowed uh, Arkansas to go on that run late and come out with a win. Imagine Kofi Coburn trying to guard him. Imagine someone like, uh, you know, if you have Chet Holmgren or Drew Timmy trying to guard him out on the perimeter. All of these great teams in college basketball this year have big physical dudes in the paint, and he is the matchup difference maker. And plus, J.D. Note, man, what a performance. He had 30 points, 8 assists. He he took that game over. And if I had to put J.D. Note up against anybody to go on like a Kemba Walker-esque run, to win this year's national title, J.D. Notay is the guy that I think he do it. Rob Doster, Field of 68. To find him on Twitter, Field of 68. Great content. Uh, recapping every uh, all, all the big stories in college basketball. You guys had a field day on Saturday. Rob, it was really, really well done. Thank you, Rob Doster. We'll speak with you next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Only two interruptions on the call today, so maybe we can go for our record. <laughs> Not a bad tweet. <laughs> we'll work on it next week. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Later, guys. Yep, see ya. Rob Doster, Field of 68. Saturday was fantastic. They do a great job. Wall to wall. It really was. Here's uh, here's some DraftKings futures. Mm-hmm. And these are only, uh, I mean, I'm not going to, um, these are double digits or better. Okay. Duke and Kansas, both 12 to 1. Auburn, 12 to 1 as well. Um, who do you like? You like? UConn. You like UConn. UConn is 70 to 1. 70 this to 1. to win the national championship. Yeah. Providence is 80. No. Uh, Arkansas is fifty-five to one. You like these long shots? I love them. You love the futures. Well, I got a bunch of favorites. <laughs> I'm not feeling real good about, um, especially after this past weekend. Yeah, Gonzaga kind of. Duster's right. That was that was eye-opening to me. Um, I'm just I'm trying to find somebody that's because <laughs> I'm with you. I think this is going to be a year where I won't fall off my chair at all if we've got a. A three, a four, a six, and a, maybe a one. Mm-hmm. This, this seemingly could be one of those years where, you know, if you if you got a feeling, you got a hunch, bet a bunch and do so now. We can still get a good price. Let's localize it. Who's best equipped to make a run to the lead eight? Iowa, or Iowa State. <sighs> Brackets aside, matchups aside, taking that. Just which team is best equipped to make that kind of run? Win three games. To win through, I don't think either will. <laughs> right, right. But that's not the question. All right, the question: Who's well, best equipped to make a run? Iowa has the best player, and I love Isaiah Brockington. 
Iowa has the best player. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State's got a bunch of junkyard dogs, which seem to help a lot in March. J-Bo's got it going. Chris is starting to fill it up. Hunter for Iowa State's... Oh, Trent. I, um, Iowa. Because they... More consistent, maybe? Yeah, they both lack a, a big man in mm-hmm. the middle. Again, matchups dictate this. Right. And when we come in in a couple of weeks with the brackets in front of us, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about those paths for both teams. But that aside, who could make that run? Out of the first weekend. Out of the first weekend. Well, we know I... And without an upset happening. Right, yeah. Same, you know, mm-hmm. they're coming out in the two seed. They're a seven and a ten, and the two seed gets upset. Okay, well, that changes things. Mm-hmm. Arkansas Little Rock is waiting Grill for making you. a shot? Is Kalsher going to give you... 10, 11, 12? Jaden Walker play like the way he has the last Ooh. couple weeks? I think the answer is yes, because I think we're seeing that now. Yeah. Light bulb has come on. It really has. Now. It really has. Maybe it's... Listening to TJ, it sounded like there was an attitude adjustment needed and maybe took place See, for him to get it even on the floor. And I think I lean a little more Iowa State, just because maybe it's recent history that we've actually yeah, seen Yeah, Fred doesn't get, out the, doesn't get out of the first weekend. Yeah. He's gotten clubbed by Gonzaga and Villanova. I think, I think a more, a, 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 um, I'm not minimizing your question, but we both don't think either will. Sure. Who's done a better job coaching? Oh. I don't know what there's a right answer. It's a loaded question, it too. It is, because look what TJ's team was, they won a game last year in conference. Their over-under at Bet Rivers was two and was a half. Two, in the Big 12. For conference wins. Mm-hmm. Two and a half. And they and flew won, over. And they flew on. They've won seven in conference and 20-plus. Hopefully people are listening to me in November when I was throwing that yeah, out. Yeah, for sure, because that cashed early. And it's cashed now. Bet Rivers is already paid. Oh, yeah, they Didn't do. wait till the end of the regular season. Um, I like that. Fran lost Luca, lost Wieskamp. Frederick. CJ Frederick was a big Nungi player. would have been your starter at Massive, center. massive, massive hold that he left behind. And a whole new team on the other side. Trent, there's no answer to that question. It's... Depends on if you're wearing the That's black and gold shades or if you got the cardinal and gold yep. on. Absolutely. Where do you spend your Saturdays? Or, or, I was going to say uh, Saturdays at Carver. They don't have, they don't Saturday. have Saturday games, no. They're not allowed. Uh, we'll take a time out. Uh, Nick Olson joins us next. Miller and Condon. The answer to the question is both have been phenomenal, right? They both. I think they're both going to finish second. Mm-hmm. I think TJ finishes behind Mark Adams, who maybe that's a little tighter now with, with Texas Tech getting picked off. We'll see. Body of work, still. Yeah, it. look, it's one game should not make yeah. a difference, but um, that's going to be that's that's tight. I think Fran will finish second, but there'll be some daylight between him and Guard, and that loss. There'll be more daylight between Guard and Fran than there will be between Adams and Otts. Yeah, I, Guard's going to run away with it. So, and if they it. win tomorrow night, they beat Purdue and then win this thing outright. They were picked tenth, Wisconsin, before the season of the yeah. Big Ten. Where was Iowa picked? Ninth. I would say it was picked tenth. Mm-hmm. Boy, we've got some overachievers, don't we? What a great, great year for college it's basketball awesome. in our state. Miller and Condon, uh, Nick Olson. Speaking of Iowa State, that's who he covers. He listened to T.J. Otzelberger's press conference early. Of course, they will have their final home game coming up on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Oklahoma State is in town. That is a Big Ten. Big 12 plus, B ESPN plus has that one. Miller and Condon back with Nick Olson next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Man, our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Washer Systems of Iowa. This floor is a mess. 
Washer Systems of Iowa is Iowa's pressure washer experts featuring Mighty M Pressure Washers. This is Jeff Egley of Washer Systems of Iowa. Our crew, led by Tony Poff and Marco Solis, can find the power washer to clean your equipment and the heater to keep your garage warm during the cold winter months. Washer Systems of Iowa, 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines. An exclusive dealer of Mighty M. Online at Washer Systems. Trent Cotton here for the Urology Center of Iowa. KXNO listeners, you may remember this. I also want to mention Trent Condon. Listen to how excited Trent is to get a vasectomy. I was excited, Keith, and I'm still excited today. Why? No more this around my house. That peace and quiet can be a part of your home as well. Call the Urology Center of Iowa today and schedule your appointment. 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. And don't forget, the big March college basketball tournament is one for podcasting. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Pretty. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, wolfroofing 693. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Housby is an industry-leading company recognized as one of the top workplaces in Iowa. Family-owned and operated for over 50 years in Des Moines, Housby is now looking for diesel technicians to join our growing team. Competitive pay with full benefits, including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k with company match, and more. Apply online at Housby.com become a diesel technician. Housby is an equal opportunity employer. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Morning Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Trent's Plays of the day, Circus Sports sponsors that. Coming up in about 15 minutes right now, Nick Olson, 247sports.com, Cyclone Alert. Uh, he covers Iowa State. Let's get him in here. Hello, Nick, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? 
Thank you guys for having me. I am doing great. It's a really exciting time for, you know, college hoops, men's and women's here in the state of Iowa. No, no doubt about that. We've already got two conference champions uh, crowned with a third potentially. Uh, tonight, Iowa State is a, what did you say, Trent? Five and a half point favorite yes. at FanDuel uh, over Baylor. Well, Nick, I want to go back to... Uh, uh, to Manhattan Saturday, and look, the um, it, it's been kind of the sto- the historical part of Iowa State, whether it be football or basketball, and seemingly um, they're on. I, I think they get more than their fair share of bad whistles against them. That inadvertent whistle was just a head scratcher, but then. Jaden Walker, who was put on Nigel Pack at the end of that game, and Pack, as you saw, had just gone crazy. 30-something points. He was unbelievable. And yet Jaden Walker decided that regardless of the officials uh, inserting themselves in that, he, he, it wasn't going to make the difference. He was, and he did. What a defensive effort by him. Him and Grill throughout the game. Boy, oh boy, they jumped off my television screen. Yeah, I don't think you can say enough about Jaden Walker. I heard you in the previous segment, just kind of the attitude focus, the work ethic, and stepping up in such big moments, right? Second game in a row, he makes an enormous defensive play late. He obviously was part of guarding the inbound in the last victory. And to take on the best player in that game, little help from Hunter, force a turnover like that and help steal the game, it's really impressive. And one of the biggest things to me was, We talked to TJ afterwards. I was in Manhattan, and he's not phased by it. He's not surprised at all. Walker has shown these tools and and these gifts that he has really on both ends, especially that length and versatility on defense. And he's just rising up and showing it in some of the biggest moments of this season right now for Iowa State. So we've seen Walker play well, but it's been maybe at the expense of Trey Jackson. Trey hasn't played the last four games, five of the last six Injury has been speculated about, or is it just Walker taking that playing time and those minutes off the bench? What do you see there in Trey Jackson attitude? Could that be a question as well? I haven't heard uh, a thing about an injury or, you know, really a bad attitude or anything. I mean, he's considered kind of one of the few vocal leaders on mm-hmm. the team. I think it might just be an aspect of, look, Walker can give you a little more on the defensive end. He's more... Mm-hmm versatile player i would probably take jackson's shot maybe some of his ball handling but right now what the team needed is kind of that additional playmaker on offense and a guy that can guard basically positions one through three maybe sometimes one through four on defense i think walker just gives you a little bit more of that i'd heard that he was practicing really well but i also haven't heard anything negative about jackson in that sense i think it might just come down to purely some of the on-court game stuff, and that happens sometimes within the course of a season. Uh, Hunter was terrific in the game. Uh, finished with a double-double, 10 assists, 13 points. I think he had eight assists uh, in the first 20 minutes of that basketball game. Didn't shoot it particularly well. Did when he got to the free-throw line. But some of those assists that he dished out, there was one in particular to Robert Jones. Uh, j- just a thing of beauty. What is, uh, what's, what's behind it? Is it nothing more than, you know, he's just... His confidence is growing. He's a freshman. You would think that you know if he doesn't hit that freshman wall, that he will bust through it and continue to get better as he makes his way through the league. Is he's maturing in front of our eyes? Is that all? Is that what it's about with Hunter? I think that's really all it is. I mean, just as a pure basketball fan, he is such an incredible joy to watch as a true freshman in one of the toughest leagues out there. The command and the playmaking that he has just 
seems to come so naturally for him. He's not afraid of the big moment. I think that he had some great chemistry on Saturday. You mentioned with some of the bigs. He spoke a little bit after about kind of how Kansas State was playing and some of their tagging defensively. That opened up maybe a couple more of those assist numbers for him. But, I mean, I've said it all year, especially since I've talked with you guys. If he can add a consistent jumper, and, and I think it's better than a lot of people may think, you're looking at a future all-Big 12-type guy and, and a pro in some facet of the game. But he's just so special, really on both ends. But the command, the lack of turnovers, and the ability to just kind of control a game, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes, like you mentioned Saturday, it really stands out to me. And it's something you don't see much of from a freshman anywhere, especially at the point guard position. Isaiah Brockington, Gabe Kalsher, Listed to seniors, Jazz Koontz, and of course, George Kanda, who's been around for a while. A, we know a couple of those guys will be going through senior day ceremonies and are going to be departed to move and uh, play basketball, make some money of some sort. What about the chances of anybody coming back? A Koontz, a Kanda, a guy like that, even Kalsher. What have you heard on that front? And what is senior night going to be on Wednesday? Mm, good question. Yeah, not enough to you know fully say or confirm for sure, but I've heard that there's a pretty strong chance that at least one of Kelsher or Coons would come back next season. I'm not sure exactly what Wednesday's going to look like. And I would not rule out even a Brockington. I mean, there's reason really? for him to obviously go out and, you know, get paid. This is his fifth year. But there are also some things that he can potentially work on. He's younger than you would think for his fifth year in school. He's actually still just 22 and if he can add more of a consistent way to kind of go right, he obviously can show it on both ends. I'm not sure I would say leaning that way right now, but it's certainly not something that I would be shocked to see based on a couple things that I have heard and just the way this season has gone. I mean, from everything I've heard, he really likes it here. He has shown clearly a huge jump, a lot of success. And, I mean, this team is already good this year, and if they can bring back a couple of those pieces – with some of the talented freshmen and maybe a boost in the transfer portal, could look out next year would be pretty <laughs> special as well. That's really interesting because I just assumed he was gone, Nick. Uh, boy, if he comes back in Kalsher, I-, I thought Condit was probably of the of the list that Trent just reeled off. I thought he was maybe more likely to come back. Jones has another year. Uh, Caleb Grills got another year. Well, that's interesting. We'll see how this plays out. And just to, even if they do go through the ceremony, doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it's over. Um, We'll have to wait until till Wednesday night. Caleb Grill is, you know, we we're critical of him. You know, just some days he just doesn't have it. Right, can't make a shot to save his life. But even when he's struggling offensively, he's doing things that I didn't know he had this as part of his game. He is really uh, focused on defense. He gets his nose dirty. He's diving on the floor. He's scraping his knees and his elbows. Caleb Grills really caught my attention uh, and is um, much more of a team guy than I thought he would be when I tried to think back to uh, his early career at Iowa State before he moved on. Yeah, he really has impressed me as well. I mean, the shot is one thing, but he, he does other things on the court that can really help you as a team, he added a couple big plays on the defensive end, several rebounds on Saturday, and I was just impressed with kind of his honesty and kind of facing the moment after the game. He basically said, I wanted to make sure that I showed out today, right? Not just because he had so much family seeing him, 
But he literally said that he felt like the previous Kansas State loss was on his shoulders, and he wanted to make sure that that was something that would not happen again. Obviously, he was a major reason for the win on Saturday. I was impressed by kind of that transparency and also stepping up in the heat of the moment, both on offense and defense. I believe he grabbed six rebounds to go with his point total on Saturday. So it'll be your first Big 12 tournament covering Iowa State. It's going to be back in a big-time way. Cyclone fans excited after really a couple years away being able to get down there to Kansas City. You heard the stories, I'm sure, already. How excited are you to get down to Kansas City here in a little over a week? I don't think I could be any more excited, you guys, honestly. I love this kind of thing. I think the tournament's going to be incredibly competitive. And, I mean, as a media member, it, it, it kind of helps and adds a little extra juice when the team might be playing some of its best basketball and you've got a chance to cover some more mm-hmm. games at the next tournament, which right now, has it been perfect the last couple of weeks? No, but Iowa State has shown mm-hmm. me some things, especially kind of on offense and the ability to – not get frazzled, not get thrown off early, work through that shot clock and find a bucket late. You, you mentioned some of the plays from Hunter to Jones. I've got some high aspirations, high expectations for this Cyclones team going into the postseason right now, which two weeks ago, guys, we weren't yeah. sure this was going to be a possibility. No, you're, you're 100% right. Nick, Nick Olson uh, covers Iowa State 24-7 sports, Cyclone Alert. Any uh, recruiting news, any football news, uh, Nick, that you can share with our audience? I would say expect a pretty, some pretty big names coming to visit Iowa State in the next couple of weeks. They've got, obviously, three overnight big-type visits in the next month and a half. Uh, J.J. Cole should be visiting Iowa State here in the next week or so. I would not be surprised to see a commitment from him, not necessarily to Iowa State, though I would consider them well into it right now. But from him in the next two to three weeks at the QB position, because things move a little quickly there, and a lot of his schools that he was looking at may have already taken a quarterback. Iowa State firmly in the race there. We'll be hosting him for a visit in the next week. Good stuff, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Uh, what did you think of Manhattan, by the way? I had an awesome time. Did you Honestly, good? I was, I was impressed by the city. It, it offered a little bit more than I would have expected yeah. in terms of you know maybe some fun and food and the atmosphere, though the arena wasn't filled, they were pretty loud, and obviously they got one heck of a game that went down to the last few seconds. Very glad I got to go there as well. Yeah, it was an important game for K-State, but Iowa State had other plans. So a really fun game. Nick, thank you as always. We'll catch up with you next Monday. Appreciate it, Nick Olson. Can't wait, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Trent, I... It never even popped into my head that Brockington might come back. And he's eligible to do so. Right. He's got another year left. That would completely change what the offseason is. Uh-huh. So let's say that happens. And you're looking for in the transfer market. we got to find somebody to play the five. I mean, I don't need Con- a seven-footer. Connaughton Jones, they're back. Jones can, for sure. Jones has another year. Connaughton has another year. He does. Just another big body? Is Kalsher staying? Shooters. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're in the market for. Mm-hmm. Shooters. Mm-hmm. Two guards. Lipsy comes in. Yep. Not known as a shooter. Nope. Hunter's got a lot of a year under his belt. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Brockington. Just, you know, it was really good when we were talking about K State. We weren't talking about Isaiah Brockington 
carrying this team. Look, he was great. Don't You're right. Me, but he had help. It wasn't like we saw the game before. No, when it was him and nobody else. Right. Like if, if he didn't show up or he was sick or whatever, they would have had a prayer. This was one of those games that he that he had help. Um, it's an exciting off season. Yeah, you know what? That's really something that changes things, right? How are you going to look at this off season with them? Now, I think ultimately, better chance than not that he does depart. Well, is he an NBA player? I have I struggle so much college <laughs> basketball to to the NBA. Yeah, it and is I'm, such a leap. He's so good, though. He's so talented. He's mm-hmm. He's got kind of all the stuff you want, doesn't we'll he? We'll have to have our guy Chris Monter on. Yes. Um, That's good call. This. Um, yeah. Brockington. Have you heard? Have you read anything about no, what his I plans are? thought it was as good as gone. And I did, too. I don't think he put it out. It's not like Nick said he's coming back. No, but he's... There's a chance. There's a chance. Well, uh, something to watch, something to listen for. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. Hawks double-digit favorite? Yes, yeah. I think 10, 10 and a half. Number yeah. I saw at least last night. We'll get an updated look here and see where that one All is. All right, we'll but... do that when we come back. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's pick of the day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here. Boy, this has flown by. We had a lot to talk about. Oh, I feel like this should be the hour, the end of hour number one. Not to get out of the studio. Murph and Andy are moving in. <laughs> and they'll be here at 1 o'clock, by the way. The Fanatics at 3. I'll be over at Wells Fargo Arena. You've got work to do this afternoon. Absolutely. one thirty. it is Roosevelt against Valley in the quarterfinals, Class 5A. Will that be a good game? I think so. Good. My first look at the Rough Riders, a couple of highly regarded prospects, including one that's committed to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. So get a look at them against the Valley team that certainly has been there perennially. Coach Segris has done a really nice job. Looking forward to that. That's at one thirty on 96.9 The Bull. Then at 3.15, Ankeny Centennial will take the floor. They get a very talented Waterloo West team. They have some Division One prospects. So a couple of good games there. We'll have that for you on the Bull. And, of course, Friday night, also the state championship in Class 5A. We'll have the coverage for you, 96.9 the Bull, or just search for the Bull on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, good stuff. So you've got a busy week ahead of you. We will be at Wellman's Wednesday and Thursday. And at Jethro's, it's our turn to unveil our menu item. Looking forward to doing that. And we'll be at uh, Jethro's Lakeside in Ankeny on Friday. Another trip to Ankeny on a Friday. For Works me. for me. <laughs> yeah, I know you like that one well. All right, let's make some folks some money. Circus play of the day. Trent, uh, what have you got lined up for tonight? We got a four-pack of dogs tonight. They're barking. I'm grabbing Northwestern the points. All right, ten and a half? Ten and a half. Just a tick high. Could this I mean, thing I mean, get away? What does go for tonight? In his final game of Carver. 11. Over under 10 and a half. Okay, I, I'll go over. You go over. Yeah, I'll go over. 13 and a half. Over. 15 and a half. Mm. Okay, okay. So there, there's the pushback there as we're booking things at the Conda Casino. Yep, got to grab the points. Okay. Texas, one and a half point dog at home against Baylor. Yeah, that's the. This is the final big Monday game. Well, of course it is, yeah. but this is final big Monday. Pretty good way to go out. Let down uh, Baylor. Let down, yes. Going to grab Texas yes. and might probably just play it on the money line mm-hmm. at the one and a half. Take the plus 110, 115, you get on the money line. Texas Tech, K-State. Tad loss for Tech. Yeah. K-State, they were desperate on Saturday, couldn't Gutted. get it done. 12 and a half, though? I think Texas Tech bounces back. If I, if in a, that big I a do, I like the favorite. 
limitations offense yeah. and give me the Shut points. Shutdown pack. And then Mountain West. Uh-huh. Wyoming, great environment. San yep. Diego State. Should be a really good game. Get two points with the Cowboys. I'll grab Wyoming and the two. Good stuff. Well, tomorrow at 10.30, I just heard back from Adam Emenecker. He will join us, help us out with the Valley Up, and uh, take a look back at Drake's season. He did a lot of work for Mediacom. Uh, Adam Emenecker tomorrow with us at 10.30. As mentioned a moment ago, Murph and Andy will be in these chairs in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Iowa State women tonight, they've got a chance to make it the third team in the state. To win a conference title in the Hawks senior night at Carver. Lots to talk about tomorrow. Miller and Condon, 10 to noon, 106.3 KX.